Hello there, and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a show that takes a closer look at popular songs from the rock and roll era, and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Cole, and this week we are paying our final R-E-S-P-E-C-T's. Don't forget to check out the website, howgooditis.com, where you can find some stuff that I found interesting and some other stuff that doesn't necessarily fit well into the podcast. Also, go follow and like the show's Facebook page, which has some other stuff that'll keep everybody busy. You can find that over at facebook.com slash howgooditispod. This podcast is still on page one of Podcast Republic's homepage, podcastrepublic.net. Let me tell you, I've spent the last week running between Baltimore and Myrtle Beach, and the playlist function has helped keep me sane. Go check out the Podcast Republic app in the Google Play Store, or you can find it at the home, uh, how good it is, homepage. Well, we've had some sad news from the music world this week. Uh, On August 16th, Aretha Franklin died at the age of 76 from advanced pancreatic cancer. She was known pretty much worldwide as the Queen of Soul, and the mark that she left on the world of both pop and gospel music is an indelible one. Aretha Louise Franklin was born on March 25, 1942, in Memphis, Tennessee. Her mother was a talented piano player and singer, and her father was an itinerant preacher. Aretha was one of four children from that marriage, and her parents each brought some children to the family themselves, so she had lots of brothers and sisters. When she was two years old, the family moved to Buffalo, New York, and then again to Detroit a couple of years later when uh, her father took over the pastorship of the New Bethel Baptist Church there. Aretha's parents had trouble with their marriage, and they finally separated in 1948. There are stories that Aretha's mother uh, had abandoned her children, but in fact, she did see them quite frequently. They would go to Buffalo during the summer, and she would visit them in Detroit the rest of the year. But Barbara Franklin died in 1952, just a couple of weeks before Aretha Franklin turned 10. So while young Aretha was being raised by her grandmother, Rachel, and by Mahalia Jackson, among others, her father preached in churches all over the country. Meanwhile, Aretha taught herself how to play the uh, piano by ear, and because her father was becoming a celebrity preacher, the uh, house got a lot of famous uh, visitors, both religious and secular. So the family got to see people like Sam Cooke, Oscar Peterson, and Nat King Cole, and as she got a little bit older, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., it was in the New Bethel Baptist Church that Aretha recorded her first album titled Songs of Faith in 1956 when she was 14 years old. At that point, she was already the mother of two children. One was a toddler and the other was an infant. The album has been re-released several times under several different names, including The Gospel Soul of Aretha Franklin, Precious Lord, Never Grow Old, or simply The First Album. Listen her, she's 14 here. Nineteen sixty-one was the year that Aretha released her first secular album, titled Aretha with the Ray Brand Combo, which was also her first album on a major label, Columbia Records. That album produced her first single to appear on Billboard's Hot 100. This track won't be long. Uh, it peaked at number 76, but it went to number 7 on the R&B charts. 
What you're listening to now is from her appearance on the Steve Allen Show a couple of years later. And just a couple of months later, she managed to hit the top 40 with this track, Rockabye Your Baby with a Dixie Melody. Not only was it her first American hit, but it was a hit internationally, uh, charting in Australia and in Canada. The following year, Columbia released two more albums of hers, and by 1964, Aretha Franklin had started to move into pop music territory and was charting more regularly on the R&B charts. Plus, she had scored a couple of singles on the Easy Listening charts. She'd also started to make uh, more prominent television appearances on shows like Shindig and Hollywood A Go-Go. But the bottom line is that Columbia Records really didn't know how to manage or promote her. So at the end of 1966, she jumped over to Atlanta Records, and that made all the difference. It was in July, I'm sorry, January of 1967 that Aretha recorded the title cut of her next album, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. And by sheer coincidence, on the day Aretha died, I found a copy of the album in a consignment store in South Carolina, and it was in pretty good shape. And the weird thing is, this consignment store doesn't usually sell records. There were maybe 15 records in the store, and this was one of it. So let's enjoy a piece of it, surface noise and all. This song was recorded in the Fame Studios at Muscle Shoals with the Muscle Shoals Rhythm Section. The record was released in February and it shot up to number 9 on the Hot 100, her first top 10 hit in the United States. And it was in April that the label released the song that became her signature tune. I talked about the song Respect on this show almost a year ago when I did my second show featuring cover tunes. Uh, here's the audio clip. Aretha Franklin's Respect was a number one song for her in 1967 and placed at number five on Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 of all time. And coming over 20 years before Cyndi Lauper, it's got its own version of girl power in it. But guess what? Aretha's version is the second cover of the song that was recorded and released. Let's get the first cover out of the way before we talk about the original. 
Shortly before Aretha Franklin's version came out, a Long Island-based band called The Vagrants released this version of the song. Their timing couldn't have been worse, because Aretha's version came out immediately afterward and buried this one, and The Vagrants broke up shortly afterward. However, two of the band's members, Felix Papillardi and Leslie West, formed the band Mountain. Which managed to make an impression on the rock landscape with the best-known cowbell in rock and roll, at least until Saturday Night Live came along. Mississippi Queen. The song Respect originated uh, two years earlier with its writer Otis Redding, and Otis's version had a very different flavor to it. So while Aretha's version was a very empowering demand for respect coming from a strong, confident woman who knows that she's got what her man wants, Otis Redding's lyrics are a little bit more reflective of a desperate man who will do anything his woman wants, even if she does him wrong, so long as he gets respect when he brings the money home. And let's face it, respect probably has an extra meaning in that context. Despite this, the verses stay mostly the same, with the roles reversed, as in when I come home, as opposed to when you come home. But the real turnaround in the focus came with two additions that Aretha Franklin made. The first, of course, was this. And the other edition was this. According to engineer Tom Dowd, the R-E-S-P-E-C-T part was the idea of Aretha Franklin's sister Carolyn, and the repeated Sakatumis were Aretha and Carolyn, sung by them along with Aretha's other sister Irma. In an interview on NPR in 1999, Aretha said, Some of the girls were saying that to the fellas, like, sock it to me in this way or sock it to me in that way. It's not sexual. It was non-sexual, just a cliche line. The song was such a huge hit that Otis Redding basically said the song was all hers now. At the Monterey Pop Festival that summer, in fact, he playfully described uh, Respect as the song that a girl took away from me, a friend of mine. This girl, she just took this song. And that was this show almost exactly a year ago, talking about the song Respect. The I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You album ultimately went gold. And in the meantime, Aretha racked up a couple more top 10 singles that year with Baby I Love You and You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. 1968 was probably her biggest year commercially with two top top selling albums and many of her most popular hits and the first of her two Grammy Awards, which was the first ever Best Female R&B Vocal Performance Award. This was also the year of her first appearance on the cover of Time magazine. Moving into the 1970s, her reach broadened with both R&B and gospel albums, but by 1973, her star on the pop charts began to fade a little bit, although she was still experiencing success on the R&B charts. On her last couple of albums in the 1970s failed, uh, she decided to leave Atlanta Re- Atlantic Records. 1980 brought Aretha Franklin to Arista Records and a command performance for Queen Elizabeth. It was also the uh, year that she made an outstanding cameo in the film Blues Brothers as Matt Guitar Murphy's wife with a re-recording of her song Think. If you watch the clip on YouTube, you'll see she is so good. I'm pretty sure Matt Murphy forgets to act a couple of times. Think about what you're saying. 
You better think about the consequences of your actions. Oh, shut up, woman. You better think, think. Moving over to Arista brought Aretha back to the forefront of the music world's consciousness in a big way with songs like United Together, Jump To It, and Who's Zoomin' Who, which was the title track of her first Arista album to achieve platinum status, based largely on that song and Free Way of Love. The year after that, we saw another album which did nearly as well with her cover of Jumpin' Jack Flash and her duet with George Michael, I Knew You Were Waiting For Me, which was a worldwide top five hit. pretty much wrapped up her recording career at Arista with an album of duets in 2007 and a Christmas album that was released the following year, but she continued to perform live, including singing the National Anthem with Aaron Neville and Dr. John at the Super Bowl in New Orleans, and again at the Thanksgiving Day Game uh, in Detroit in 2016. Another notable performance was her rendition of My Country Tis of Thee at President Barack Obama's inauguration. There were another couple of albums in 2014 on the RCA label, and that was the point where her cover of Adele's Rolling in the Deep made her the first woman to have 100 songs that had reached the hot R&B or hip-hop charts for Billboard magazine. Among the honors Aretha Franklin received during her life was a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1979, and she was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987. She also received the National Medal of Arts in 1999, and she was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom by George W. Bush in 2005. Aretha received an honorary degree from Harvard in 2014, and she received honorary doctorates in music from Yale, Princeton, Brown, Berklee College of Music, the New England Conservatory of Music, and the University of Michigan. She was also awarded an honorary Doctor of Humane Letters by Wayne State University in Detroit and an honorary Doctor of Law by Bethune-Cookman College. 
There's a film of Aretha's life story currently in the works. It work started on it several months ago. Jennifer Hudson is taking on the title role. And in November of this year, there's an all-star tribute concert scheduled to take place in New York City. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I throw in a few extra bits for you, including the bit I'm going to end the show with. Thanks, as usual, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show. And next time around, we're going to find out how good it is to get back under the covers, the show I originally scheduled for this week. And I'm going to go out with Aretha's performance of You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman from just a couple of years ago. This is 2015, I believe. Go check out the video at the website. If you don't get a little bit misty, especially watching uh, co-writer Carol King react to this performance, well, you know what? You have no soul. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.
Rest in peace, Queen of Soul. <laughs>